Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the Union Naval. That's the these rights governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline filling in for Alan today. I'm a commentator, columnist, all-around rabble-rouser. I put the Judeo and Judeo-Christian, and I can't say any more because we have our very first guest on the line right now, Executive Director of Concerned Communities for America, his name is Daquan Bruce. Cannot wait to talk to him about all things Trump getting arrested. Oh, no. Daquan Bruce, welcome to the Ellen Nathan Show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on with you. Yeah, it is great to have you, too. So uh, uh, I, a little birdie told me that you called out Alvin Bragg, the DA from New York, who everybody says, oh, finally, we're going to take down Trump. And you called him up. You called him out for being soft on crime, but focusing all his attentions on Trump. Tell us about that. Absolutely. So, you know, my organization, Concerned Communities for America, our focus is to support uh, our our communities where they need it. And that's with um, messages and programmings on economic empowerment on uh, parents' rights and school choice, but more importantly, on uh, reducing crime and violence in our cities. And so what we did is we put together a video and we showcased the stories of, of, of victims in the communities who lost their loved ones or had loved ones severely injured as a result of the soft on crime policies of D.A. Bragg and others, um, you know, across the country. And, you know, for us, it's much more than a than a, a political matter. It's all about supporting the people so that they feel safe and they have the opportunity to succeed and thrive in their communities. And when you take your platform as a district attorney um, and you use it to play politics, then you do a disservice to everyone in the communities, especially the law-abiding citizens who are become victims of those crimes. Yeah. It's just as articulate as it could possibly be. And I've said this before, and we've got to keep saying it. I don't care if it's repetitive, but what do you do, Daquan Bruce, and your organization? Thank God for such an organization and the organizations that have common sense and are not obsessed with race, 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 race uh, as the answer and the politics of everything. What do you do? about a government that seems to consider criminals as victims and law-abiding citizens of all races, colors, and creeds as, as, as perpetrators, as criminals. What do you do about that? Our philosophy is that, is that we speak up about it. We don't let them get away with it. When you know, the community itself you know, ceases to have their voices heard, ceases to speak the truth and just blindly go along, with what these elected officials and appointed officials think is, is right, then they essentially give them a green light to continue to harm us in such a way. 
So one of the things that we're doing is we launched an initiative called our Conversations with Black America. And we've been going to community to community, uh, talking about the issues, but co-creating solutions as well to those issues. And then um, bringing it back to those elected officials and saying, hey, what you're doing is not what your community is asking for. This is what this is what your community is asking for. And if you don't support these things, then we're, we're going to highlight them to the community and tell the people exactly who you are. Uh, and what you're doing. And that's the approach that it takes. These elected officials need to understand that they work and they serve the people, not the funders, not the donors, and definitely not the interest of, you know, these large political parties that are truly out of touch with with the common American. God, that's so true. So what are some of those solutions uh, to which you referred? What are they? Because obviously the government doing what it's doing is simply making crime worse for everyone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, so we we did a a forum in in Georgia uh, where we talked with uh, about a hundred black farmers, right? And these are individuals who don't actually live in big cities, but rural areas. And the biggest thing for them is that for them to feel safe in their communities, to feel that their that their property is and their businesses can grow, they needed to have uh, strong police. Um, we did another event in Tampa specifically around human trafficking, um, and we talked about you know the what the community needed and. Every the, the common thread between these two events and the events that we've done that we're planning in Chicago and others is that people want to have a strong central police force that makes them feel safe in their community. So that's one thing. Another thing is people want economic opportunity where they can feel as though they can have a, either a high paying job or they can start a, and, and build a successful business in their own community that gives them ownership and a, and a sense of pride in where they come from. Um, and, then the, and the third thing is that people want accountability in their elected officials. They want to know that if there's an issue that they bring to their elected official, that the elected official will act upon it and not ignore it and not twist it to a political gain. And so if we can advance those three things, for us, that's when in our communities, because those are the things that community, rural and urban alike, are saying that they want and need. And it's the exact opposite of what the, le- the left is trying to tell us they want. Yes. And uh, we're talking to Daquan Bruce, executive director of Concerned Communities for America. When I hear you talk about what you want to strengthen, what you want to uh, have as solutions, uh, all I can think is that these solutions exemplify the values and the principles that made America great. Private property Mm -hmm. rights, personal responsibility, uh, the rule of law, uh, uh, law and order, integrity in our police. And what we're getting is defund the police. Criminals are victims. And I just posted a meme on my little Twitter page that said the left destroys our cities and then they want to force us to live in them. What do you say to that? That is absolutely true. You know, I'm born and raised in Chicago, um, specifically on the South side. And, you know, the community that I grew up in, it's like, you don't even, I don't even recognize it when I go back home and and I, you know, walk around the neighborhood or I, I drive around the city. Um, it's it's really not the same community that it was, you know, 20 years ago. Um, and that's really 
in a large part due to the type of leadership we've had over the last you know few decades, the last generation, where you know they enforce these policies. You know, take it downtown Chicago as an example. Um, during the the George Floyd um, you know protests, when riots and looting began to happen, instead of coming to the aid of the business owners and and the people whose jobs you know and livelihoods are made there. You know, you had a, a mayor and a DA who enforced a soft on crime policy that didn't pers- prosecute people for for committing robberies and and stealing up to a certain amount. And her response was that if if a business owner doesn't want their merchandise stolen, then they should put it under lock and key instead of keeping it out where people can touch it and interact with it. And hmm. That type of policy. Wow. It only incentivizes more, more crime. And, and it's less, blaming the victim. Um, <laughs> they don't know who the victim is. They're blaming the victim. Exactly. Must be the victim's fault for being robbed. Unbelievable. Right. Wow. And she's <laughs> been, uh, she got uh, uh, primaried got out. Do you think it's going to be any better with the new mayor of Chicago? Yeah, I'm I'm everly optimistic. Um, however, you know the two candidates who are who are going into a runoff uh, actually in in just two weeks from now, um, you know they're they're much more of the same. Um, the difference being that you have one oh. candidate who's slightly more pro police, um, and then the other one who is uh, who is you know severely against the um, the um, police movement and 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 effort. So you know. Unfortunately, you know, we while we want to see a big change, you know, it won't be too much more uh, yeah. different than what we've had. Uh, Daquan Ryan, Bruce, excuse me, why don't I call you Rice? Daquan Bruce, <laughs> your, obviously your organization is not going to be uh, out of date anytime soon. Tell everybody how they can find you on, on the Internet and how they can support your work. Absolutely. Um, you can go to our website. You can sign up for our, our newsletter um, and participate with us in our events. Uh, our website is at concern, it's concerncommunities.org. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Concern Communities for America. Daquan Bruce, thank you so much for being so articulate out there on what's really going on instead of what they're telling us. We so appreciate your time. Well, we're going to talk a little bit Supreme Court when we get back. Karen Cataline filling in for the great Alan Nathan here on the Main Street Radio Network. Stay tuned. This message is provided by Beringer Ingelheim. Idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF, is one of the more common forms of progressive fibrosing interstitial lung diseases with symptoms including breathlessness during activity, a dry and persistent cough, chest discomfort, fatigue, and weakness. There are more than 200 lung disorders that can lead to pulmonary fibrosis, an irreversible scarring of lungs that can negatively impact lung function, quality of life, and may become life-threatening. While approved treatments for people living with these diseases can help slow disease progression, new therapies are 
are needed to help potentially stop progression. Fortunately, there is new research underway to assess the safety and efficacy of an investigational treatment in patients with IPF and other progressive ILDs. This is part of Beringer Ingelheim's Phase 3 Global Fibronir Program. To learn more about Fibronir and eligibility requirements, visit fibronir-ipf.longboat.com and fibronir-ild.longboat.com. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to scale 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time Ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at PVA.org. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline, and this day we have a lineup. We always have a tremendous lineup of guests. Here uh, to talk to us next is a Second Amendment specialist. The left never fails to attack and try to uh, suppress basic self-defense rights. 
And uh, this next guest can talk about it. He's been uh, writing about it for well over 10 years. Chief editor of the Second Amendment Foundation's investigative reporting project, frequent contributor to Ameland News, Armed American Radio. He's also known as the gun writer and has been writing about firearms for well over 10 years. Uh, welcome, Lee Williams, to the Alan Nathan Show. Thank you very much, Karen. How are you doing? Uh, I am doing good. And uh, so apparently the Supreme Court is backing off. They've been kind of, I don't know, it's the wrong term, but schizophrenic on the Second Amendment, and they are not listening to gun retailers. I mean, is there any other product you can buy where if it's used improperly and incorrectly or immorally, you can sue the company instead of taking responsibility for your own behavior? I don't know. What's happening with the Supreme Court? That's a great point. I think they're getting angry as we speak after the sweeping decision, New York State Rifle Pistol Association versus Bruin, which said that you have a constitutional right to carry a concealed firearm outside of the home. Uh, the left has gone absolutely crazy. We see all these states and, and blue cities passing new gun control laws. They know that are going to be overturned. Uh, meanwhile, the Supreme Court, they're in direct violation of what the Supreme Court ruled in Bruin. Uh, so eventually, I think the justices will have had enough and will push back hard on these unconstitutional laws that are getting put in every day. It's an organized response to Bruin. We're going to have to contest and battle each one of these crazy laws. But I call it lawfare because they know damn well that it's going to cost us our time and our money to get their unconstitutional laws overturned. Well, you said that they know damn well that it's going to be overturned. Uh, there are a lot of skeptics that I know who aren't exactly that confident about the current Supreme Court. How about you? I'm pretty good. I think uh, what we saw in Bruin foreshadowed what's coming next. I know in several cases, the justices have kind of uh, foreshadowed their feelings on red flag laws, which are an unconstitutional taking because they do not allow due process. I think we've got more coming. Uh, I tend to be uh, a, a pretty much an optimist when it comes to the current Supreme Court. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I look at what's going on right now with the ATF, and I, I'm thrilled. I mean, as we speak right now, ATF is under fire. Um, there's question, they're questioning whether or not the agency was weaponized. I know a couple of congressmen and, and our sister group, the CCRKBA, the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms, have called for the money to be shut off on ATF until they stop harassing uh, law-abiding gun owners. I know Joe, Joe Biden wants to give them nearly $2 billion. And I think that's uh, that's all a step in the right direction. I've called for a little more than that, that the ATF should be, a, should be abolished for what they're doing currently to the American gun owner. Yeah. I want to shift gears a little bit because a story that is in the news, I just got it. This is my hometown. I no longer live there. Uh, in fact, Many, many moons ago, I actually substitute taught at this school in Denver um, for a whole semester. East High School in Denver, um, there, were, there was a, a person who shot and wounded two teachers. He was found dead in another county. And the response to that by the um, 
school administrator was to put two armed uh, officers in that school. And there was a whole list of people on the school board uh, who said on the, the Denver Public Schools board members who voted to remove those resource officers. Their names are listed in the article that I have. Uh, comment on that, if you will. What a tragedy, what a horror that our most precious resource, you would think, kids, students, uh, are not being protected and they're arguing that they should be, what, sitting ducks? I don't know. Yeah, I, I would agree. I know here in my home state of Florida, I, I'm in Sarasota, we had the Parkland killing, obviously, which was a, ter- a horrible, yes. horrible, terrible, terrible tragedy. And out of that came the Parkland bill, which was the, the largest gun control bill ever seen in the Sunshine State. The only good part of that was the school guardian program, which puts an armed guard in every school. And these are not law enforcement officers. They're not going to take their time. Uh, they're not going to have uh, their time taken away by, you know, disciplining children or getting involved in investigations. They're there solely for one purpose, and that's to shoot bad guys if they come on the property. And they have uh, a hard vest, a ballistic body armor, a handgun, and a long gun. And there's outside the school when the parents drop the kids off and, and outside the school in, later in the afternoon when they pick them up. And not one school that has taken advantage of our state's guardian program has had any kind of violence since we established that problem or that program. It's a great idea. It should be exported to other states. Removing guns, guns from trained hands, especially from a school is a huge step in the wrong direction. Studies have shown that these monsters, these mass murderers only stop when they're, when they encounter uh, someone who's armed, they either kill themselves or they get shot. Yeah, we saw that in the Aurora theater shooting that had a sign outside that said no guns allowed on the property. And it's just hard to understand, and yet we don't, (laughs) how any human being could think that disarming victims makes everybody safer. It's crazy. Gun-free zones, I like to say, are magnets for mayhem. They really are. I mean, that's where the bad guys go, where they're not going to be, where they're not likely to encounter any resistance. So crazy, crazy, crazy ideas uh, made by the ill-informed. Yeah, people who um, also believe in defunding the police and opening our borders and emptying our prisons. So I don't think these are uh, policies that are in any way compassionate for innocent civilians in any way. Uh, We got to wrap up this segment. It went so fast. Lee Williams, tell everybody how they can find you and follow you and support you in what everything. Everything I write is at the gunwriter.substack.com or you can find my work at SAF as in second amendment foundation, SAF.org. I find it difficult to imagine that your work and the times we're living in aren't going to be preciously needed more now than ever. Lee Williams, thank you for joining us. Thank you us very much. My here pleasure. on my pleasure too. Here on uh, the Alan Nathan Show. Well, I did get, let him go just a tad early because I didn't want to stop him from talking. But uh, every time you see these terrible shootings, they're used as an excuse to 
disarm victims and to ignore criminals. <laughs> it's um, perplexing, isn't it? Well, we got to take a break. When we come back, oh my, we're going to talk about Fauci and medicine. You're not going to want to miss that. Karen Cataline filling in for Alan Nathan here on the Main Street Radio Network. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common, but after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Spring is in the air, and now's the time to spring forward with a delicious breakfast from Burger King, an all-natural Simply Orange juice. Begin your day with a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant sandwich with sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant, or a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit on a warm buttermilk biscuit. And make it a meal. All Burger King breakfast sandwiches go great with crispy hash browns and pair perfectly with a Simply Orange juice with no added sugar. Never sweetened, never concentrated, and never frozen. Simply Orange goes perfectly with breakfast at Burger King and is rich in vitamin C. And now through March 31st on the BK app, Royal Perks members get a free single core sandwich with any Simply Orange juice purchase. Use code BREAKFAST to redeem. Get a jump on spring with breakfast at Burger King. Because you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants, Royal Perks account required. Restrictions apply. See offer terms for details. Not valid on delivery orders. Sponsored by Coca-Cola. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. <gasps> what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. This forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Climb puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. 
At FindSomethingNew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit FindSomethingNew.org. A message from the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figuerella, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ellen Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline. And while we're waiting for our next guest, who obviously is uh, waylaid in his previous interview, he's very much in demand, I'm going to just make a few comments. Uh, everybody is like on pins and needles here, thinking about whether Trump will be arrested or not. We talked about that in the first segment. And, you know, I just don't understand why more people can't see through the phenomenal desperation and brazenness that the left goes after Trump. Uh, They've been at this now for well over six years. And look at the actual results of his presidency. Everybody watched it and lived through it. The results of his presidency as compared to what we're watching now is is uh, cannot be denied. And that is what these people really hate. They hate that Donald Trump exposed the deep state for what it is, a political unelected bunch of bureaucrats and a political uh, establishment that is hell bent on managing America's destruction and decline, uh, uh, a a an establishment, both Republican and Democrat, uh, people who are supposed are are in elected office, who are for open borders for different reasons. Supposedly, I don't know if it's the same. They're globalists handing over our sovereignty. They're soft on crime. They're big on war and throwing millions upon billions of dollars to secure other countries' borders, but not our own. (laughs) Therefore, shutting down our own ability to be energy independent. Uh, Therefore, a massive government uh, monstrosity that tells other people how to live, 
I guess they think, these bureaucrats, they're not going to be eaten up by all of it. Uh, But this is truly the vendetta against Donald Trump is and has been about policy and not about anything else. The, the attempt early on to paint him as a big blowhard and a personality that we just can't handle, that was so disingenuous and false. We've had all kinds of colorful presidents <laughs> that we've laughed at before. Uh, they haven't been framed, raided, impeached, or indicted. They certainly haven't been impeached when they weren't even president anymore. I mean, they it's not just Trump derangement syndrome. It is an attempt to destroy the whole notion of American sovereignty and American exceptionalism. That's what these global socialists really hate. The ideology. When Donald Trump stood up during his presidency and he said America will never be a socialist country country. There were people on both sides of the aisle elected, supposedly elected people elected to protect and defend the constitution and their constituents who sent them to Washington that put their hair on fire. What do you mean? We're not going to be socialists. That's what's really going on here. Can you possibly Living in this country for the last, what is it, seven or eight years, not know the difference between policies that take into account the goodness, the decency of the American people versus policies that show maliciousness, hostility for the American people and for our way of life and our own government, our own way of life and our principles. Our principles are individual personal responsibility, private property rights, and a maximizing of freedom. There's only one way to maximize and protect freedom. We know it. It's just that some people have forgotten it. How do you maximize and protect freedom? You limit and constrain the power of government. That's how you do it. People who are power-hungry, power-mad, globalist Marxists, they want to maximize and increase the scope and power of government. That means that anybody with the temerity, and Donald Trump has a lot of temerity, to stand up and say, we're going to cut government. We're going to cut government agencies. He just said <laughs> he's still going to run for office no matter what the, the Democrats do. But when and if he gets another term, he's going to make sure and cut uh, uh, government bureaucrats who are in there for life and they don't care who's president because it, they're in there making policy, but they've been unelected. Another point that I think I have a time to make, doesn't look like we're going to have our guest this time around, is that a lot of people were very perfectly proactive in, uh, and even Donald Trump, who I somewhat disagree with. Uh, no, I don't know if I disagree with him or not, but when he said, I'm going to be arrested this week 
And a lot of Republicans came forth and said, no, 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 don't protest. They'll just plant FBI agents and then stick us all in solitary confinement. And then they'll point to him and say, see, uh, Trump is an insurrectionist. They accused him of that with absolutely no evidence. In fact, (laughs) he said publicly, the, the left is engaging in gaslighting. We all watched the speech. Those who were paying attention watched Donald Trump's speech. He said, we are going to march peacefully and patriotically to the Congress. Now, the radical left, which now controls the Democrat Party, has tried to convince the general public that the only people that have First Amendment rights to protest, to speak out, to uh, make comments publicly criticizing their government and even the right to disagree. The only people with those rights are Democrats and radical leftists who already agree with what the government is doing. They have convinced a segment of gullible people that Republicans and conservatives do not have those rights. How did they do it? By smearing, labeling people with whom they disagree as, quote, threats to our democracy, insurgents, domestic terrorists. These are important labels on which they can seek, uh, sick their weaponized agencies onto their political enemies. It is purposeful. And the fruits of this have been obvious. We've been watching it. It's quite clear what they have been doing. When the left accuses Republicans of uh, uh, dog whistles, well, when Biden goes out there in public and makes a speech when he can't even really read the teleprompter and calls parents who disagree with Uh, their kids being taught racism and that they don't know what gender they are. And maybe it's perfectly okay without your parents' knowledge or consent to give a mastectomy to a nine-year-old. They, the parents, are domestic terrorists. That is purposeful. We don't know and probably don't care, I guess, whether uh, Joe Biden knows what he's saying, but he is parroting a line which is indeed uh, dog whistles. It's dog whistling to the apparatus that we're going to set our sights, put in our crosshairs American citizens who disagree with our tyrannical government, who disagree with extra constitutional actions that our founders never intended for our country or for its citizens. Uh, That way they get to to falsely justify their behavior. The plan is already decided. They just want to put up a justification for the plan they already had in mind. If you're familiar with Nancy Pelosi's wraparound smear, you know what I'm talking about. We've been watching these strategies and these tactics for an awful long time now, and now we can see what they're doing. 
Um, and I just want to say uh, bravo to the pundits, to the conservatives who were proactive in their comments about whether or not Trump would or would not be arrested. They got ahead of it, which means that suddenly as of this broadcast date, uh, the grand jury has been postponed. Do I know what's going to happen? No, I don't. But I know it's all political strategy. And for once, we were a little bit proactive there. We got to take a break. We will wrap up this hour uh, with another guest. So stay tuned. Karen Cataline, Philly and for Alan Nathan here on the Main Street Radio Network. Stay tuned. In December, LastPass, a popular app for managing passwords, suffered a security breach, potentially exposing millions of people's personal information. When a business created to protect passwords gets hacked, it's a reminder how vulnerable our sensitive information can be when stored in the cloud. And for businesses who need to protect data, security is a top concern. To help prevent security risks, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud recently introduced a password manager. Jump Clouds Antoine Jabara. Businesses cannot always rely on an offline solution as users need to share and access passwords across multiple devices, and cloud based options aren't ideal either. Jump Cloud Password Manager takes a hybrid approach, storing data on users' devices and seamlessly syncs user vaults to multiple devices in an end to end encrypted way. This addresses some of the limitations of cloud based systems and bridges the gap between convenience and security. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. 
One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity. I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair, and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me? Would there be a ventilator for me? Would I be able to survive something? It's, it's just heavy. You know, it's, it's a heavy... It's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now. We all got to help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're going to be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A dot org. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline, filling in for Alan today. Wrapping up this hour is our guest. We've had him on many times before. Founder and CEO of Tusk, a conservative online browser, is Jeff Bermant. Welcome, Jeff, to the program. Good to have you once again. Hey, Karen. Good to see you. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's not as if there is ever a shortage of things to talk about. I just got done ranting about uh, the Trump expected indictment. Now they're backing off, but we never know with these people, just when you least expect it, they raid Mar-a-Lago. So we know who they are. Uh, You say it is an attack on free speech, and I agree. Why don't you tell everybody what you mean by that? So... Once again, um, the the effort of of I'll say taking Trump down, and and I happen to watch MSNBC once in a while, and last night, just so you know, I watched for twenty or twenty five minutes. They spent the entire time uh, on the four different uh, allegations against Trump, um, and it just seems to go on and on and on and and. That was the only thing they talked about. They didn't talk about the economy or or anything else they could find other than they the can't. Trump syndrome. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> what do they crazy. have to talk about that's good news right now in the country? Nothing? Nothing? Nothing. Not really. Uh-huh. I mean, that's part of the problem is they have nothing. Yeah. Interest rates, you know, hiking and, uh, and banks having their problems. Uh, and that's caused by a rapid rate of, of hiking, you know, hiking the rates where – these companies like uh, uh, Silicon Bank were unprepared and they had put their money in long-term uh, uh, bonds and then unable to sell them because of the interest rate they were getting. So, yeah. you know, it's 
Couldn't it be argued that the uh, uh, trigger was pulled at a very specific and planned time? I mean, you know, the interest rates, as long as you switch gears a little bit, and that's just fine, the interest rates were being kept artificially low. And people wondered, why are they so artificially low? Then all of a sudden, boom, just like that, they decided to raise interest rates, and now banks are failing. I mean, is it is it like... To think that they're that stupid, people who are making policy in this country, whose names we probably don't know, knew that this was the time to pull that particular trigger. Why don't you comment on that? Am I wrong? And what is it? How does it bode, in your opinion, for the uh, the everyday uh, citizen? Yeah. Well, first of all, I I think the way they did it was they were behind the eight ball. They should not have been. Printing. Remember, what the government does is when they run out of money, they go print it, which lessens the value. It also, uh, you know, dumps a lot of liquidity into the market, and people suck this up at, you know, one or two percent, three percent, and then go out and spend it. And it, that's what's causing partly causing the inflation. The other thing, which no one seems to recognize, is this is a doing by the government causing inflation when they stopped drilling for oil or they prevented us from drilling oil and prevented pushed up the the (laughs) gas prices. Well, almost everything in America, you know, transported to your uh, local supermarket, it's all, you know, all by, you know, diesel or gasoline. And so they're part of the culprit problem of, they are the problem uh, of the inflation and, and the monetary rates and so on and so forth. Yeah. And the thing is, is that we always come back to this, you know, are they stupid and incompetent? Are they malicious? You know, when they are as consistently uh, 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 destructive as they've been, how could anybody think otherwise than that they are malicious and that they want this to happen? What what say you, Jeff Berment? I don't know if it's outright maliciousness or it is not understanding the economics of of how when you dump a bunch of money into the market and you cause inflation by you know raising gas prices. I don't know if that if if it's malicious on their part. It could be that the, you know once again what the malicious part is probably forcing people into electric cars because that's their goal, but. They want to force a lot of things on us that we didn't vote for, don't they? They're aligned with with a World Economic Forum that says we'll all own nothing, but we'll be happy. And that's by people who are the wealthiest people in the entire world are telling us we'll own nothing, but be happy. Right. I, I saw one recently. I saw, you know, an article about how they're okay to drive their cars, their planes, their jets. I have a a number of friends who are liberals that have jets, and they think nothing of the fact that they fly around the world. They never mention their carbon footprint. Well, because they're important, you see. They're better than we we are, and they deserve it, you know, kind of like Lori Lightfoot. If you have power, you deserve to get your hair done while you tell everybody that they have to go looking like who knows what, because, you know, you're more important. I have a hard time not calling this malicious when uh, we've just laid out. I mean, not that 
that kind of speculation gets us very far, except that isn't it important to know, really know, what what is motivating people who are causing such damage and destruction? Yeah, I think a lot of it is control. Uh, and then when it gets out of control, you know, you, you raise interest rates and so on and so forth. Um, it could very could very well be malicious. Um, all I can all I can tell you to summarize this is, yeah, uh, we've got a lousy economy despite you know the growth, but interest rates are rising, and they could help solve this problem by just allowing yeah. us to drill more and get you know more. Oh water. well, that we cannot have that, and <laughs> and you know we also cannot have the economy and the prosperity that we had the day that Donald Trump left office. I submit that that is really the reason they have never let up on going after Donald Trump, because his policies are in direct opposition to theirs. Absolutely true. I I totally agree with that. But the policies that we had in the past were working. Uh, I think Trump would have worked through uh, any inflationary issues. He's a pretty smart businessman. And certainly the Republican parties, they, they tend to have a better grasp I mean, have you ever seen, you know, some social? Well, not all of them. That, yeah, that they <laughs> look at to spend look at what they voted for. Look at what they voted for before, uh, you know. Uh, tell everybody they can find you on Tusk, a sure, conservative Tusk, online browser. Tuskbrowser.com. Come get your freedom. Make sure that you stay free. Tuskbrowser.com. All right, Jeff Berment. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Well, we're going to take a quick top of the hour break. We'll have a whole another hour of the Alan Nathan show right after that. Stay tuned. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. 